Hey, Woodlands Church, how are you today? Feeling pretty good? Are you ready to learn from God's Word? Well, today we're concluding the series we've been in on how to simplify for success, and we said that Jesus was always a master at taking the complex and making it simple, but many times we take the simple and make it really complicated. And nothing is more complicated than family. Our greatest joys and our greatest pain come from our closest relationships. And Carrie and I get how busy and complicated life can be. We have four kids and know that it can feel crazy like you're trying to balance all these spinning plates of your kids and school and hobbies and work and extended family. And there's so many things going on that life just feels messy and complicated, like you'll never get it all sorted out. But there's great news in God's word, and that is that there are simple choices that we can make that have a huge impact in our lives. Now, simple is not the same thing as effortless, but it does mean uncomplicated, simple, clear ways that a big, big change can be made in our lives and we can see big rewards. So that's what we wanna share with you today. We are not perfect parents. We wanna put that out there right away. Uh, we have made plenty of mistakes and we wanna share with you things we've done right and things we've done wrong, things we've learned along the way. So open your Bibles to John chapter one and this key passage shows us how God connects with us, his family, and really it's where we get the principles for how to really connect on a deep level in relationships. And, and by the way, if you're not a parent, just know that this relates to every relationship, whether it's a relationship with a coworker, a friend, or it's a relationship in marriage, or a relationship between a parent and a child. These principles are life-changing for every one of us. And so would you stand in honor of God's word? And I wanna welcome all you guys worshiping with us at Woodlands Church at Tascacita. We love our church in Tascacita and all those worshiping with us at Woodlands Church North Point. We love our church on 249 and uh, also everyone worshiping with us through our broadcast or online ministry, wherever you are in the world. And all you guys here in the Woodlands, we're one church built on the word of God. And so I want you to follow along with me. And I'll skip around just a little bit, but let's start in John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. The Word became flesh and took up residence among us, we observed his glory. The glory is the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. No one has ever seen God. The one and only Son, the one who is at the Father's side, he has revealed him. Dear God, I thank you that you've revealed yourself to us, that you're not just some God out there somewhere who created the cosmos that we can't relate to, but you showed us what you're like by coming to this earth. And Lord, I thank you that you wanna show us in the next few moments how we need to connect with each other to really break through, Lord, some barriers that keep us at a distance. And I know that in our society, we're so connected to technology, but we're so disconnected in relationships. And I pray that you would work miracles over the next few moments, that you would just, just bring healing to relationships, bring healing in marriages and in families that are fractured. And Lord, everything in our society pulls against deep and close relationships. So I pray today that you'd open our hearts to these principles and that we would put them into our lives. And I also pray, Lord, for your power, that for everyone within the sound of our voices, that you would just let them know that you know what they're going through and begin healing and strengthening them and bring healing to relationships like never before. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated, and I want, to, I want you to underline the phrase, children of God. Children of God. When you receive Christ, you become a child of the living God. And in this passage, we see how God simply but powerfully relates to his family. And we also see the simple choices that we need to take and make 
so that we can simplify family in our really complicated world. And, and before we really get into this, Chris and I want you to know that this is not about making anyone feel guilty or making you feel like you're not enough or that, you know, really pointing out the mistakes that you're making or have made in your parenting for those of you who are parents. I just want you to know that perfect God, our heavenly Father, the only perfect one, had a lot of rebellious kids. And so you can do everything really good and really have the best intentions and, and you can do everything the way Christ would want you to and kids still have a choice. And so th this is not about saying, hey, look at us. We raised our kids and they love God and they follow God. Um, we know it's only the grace of God. And we know we've made a lot of mistakes. And so this is, we just wanna encourage you because God's taught us some things and through our mistakes and through our successes that we wanna pass on to those of you who are parents and these principles can relate to all of us. And so we just wanna be an encouragement to you today as we look at these simple choices that can make all the difference. And the first way to simplify your life is to choose to celebrate the season you're in. Choose to celebrate the season you're in. Life is made up of a bunch of seasons. They're all different, they're all unique. You know, when we are younger, a student, we just think, wow, I cannot wait until I get out of the house. I can't wait till I'm not under my parents' authority, till I can decide what I want to do for myself because life will be great when I can do that. And so eventually we graduate from high school and get on to that next step, maybe it's college or career, and we start thinking, whoa, responsibility, this is tough stuff, this is hard, this is busy. You know, probably what I really need in my life to fix this is a soulmate. That's what I need. I need to find that guy or that girl that would be perfect for me. And once I do, life will be great. And so you find that person, you get married, and then you start thinking, huh, turns out they have bad breath in the morning. <laughs> turns out it's not all, all romance. Turns out they have some flaws I never saw. But you know what would fix this? If we had a baby. Now that will change everything. And so for many couples, they end up having a child. And the baby comes, you know, big day finally comes, and it's not very many days until they start saying, wow, if I could string together six hours of sleep, life would be good. That's what I need. It's the one thing missing. Like, this, this is all encompassing. This is 24-7. A baby, did you know they're entirely reliant on me for, to take care of every detail of their life? I mean, it's a game changer. Suddenly, life looks a lot different. You start thinking, but you know what? It's going to get better because when they're a preschooler, they'll be able to put food in their own mouth. It'll be wonderful. And so what happens is they grow up. They start to grow, and it's not long until you're stepping in apple juice, and there's cran mark on the wall, and it's so crazy all the time, and you really can't go to a restaurant anymore. And you think, wow, now when does that thing called school start? When will they go to school? Surely that's not long, far away, and then that is gonna be great. Then we're really gonna hit our stride. And before you know it, the kids are in school and you are up to your knees in muddy boots and laundry and thinking, oh my, this is hard. Wow, suddenly life has just gotten really busy because now I am always driving to, ever, I'm driving to school and to practices and to games and they have a schedule as busy as mine and I've gotta make this project tonight for my third grader, well, you know, because how could they ever do it? And, and you're off to the store to get poster board and do all your things. And, and then, before you know it, you're thinking, if they could just be driving, that will fix everything. I mean, man, if they could just drive themselves, they could take care of all of this. And then they are. They're driving. 
And then a whole new set of stuff comes along. And you realize these, these issues are bigger than I've ever had before. Wow, now we're really dealing with some serious stuff. I mean, this is hard. Having teenagers, this is more work than I ever dreamed it could be. When will they graduate? <laughs> and they graduate. And they go off on their way. And you hit that empty nest stage and are left thinking, oh, if I could just have them again as a baby. Now, that would be wonderful. I mean, what is it about us that we can never seem to see anything but the tough stuff in the season we're in? And we can never seem to see anything good in the season we're not in. We're so focused on what's right in front of us and hard that we just can't enjoy it. And so that's why that simple choice of choosing, and it's a choice, it is an active choice, choosing to celebrate the season that you're in right now will make a massive, massive difference in your life. The truth is, and Carrie and I have been through all these seasons now, the truth is they are all way harder than you ever imagined and they are all more glorious than you ever dreamed. Every single one of them. And we get to make the choice. That's not denying that there's tough stuff, because there is. It's like bath water. You can have the hot faucet and the cold faucet running at the same time. The good stuff and the bad stuff are both there. But we get to choose what we focus on. And the truth is, you will never pass this way again. And if you're ever going to enjoy the stuff in this season, it has to be now. The season you're in, whatever season you're in, the time to do it is now. The Bible tells us in John 1.10, he was in the world and the world was created through him and yet the world didn't recognize him. And the people who were with Jesus, the crowds with Jesus at the time when he was, God is walking on earth and they missed it. They missed it entirely because they thought they were waiting for a future time. The Messiah is gonna come later, this can't be him. And they missed the goodness that was right in front of them. And I wanna say something specifically to the ladies here, to the women, and guys, you can listen in, but really, I want to say this to the women, and that is that so many of us go through life feeling like we are never enough. We're just not enough. And that's because we have been told what our life should be like and have bought it hook, line, and sinker. And we are told that we should have an exciting career and be moving up the ladder. And also, we should have a raging romance with our husband where we go on long walks and have deep conversations all the time. And we want to travel to other places and experience other cultures. And we also should be cooking gourmet meals that are healthy and colorful on the plate. And we should set those wonderful meals on a table that is so fabulously decorated and sprinkled with a few seasonal you know, items around that just make everyone feel all warm and loved just by sitting down at our table. And we should eat this meal in a home that is tidy and charming, yet sophisticated. We should have, it should be the whole, the whole picture. And by the way, we need to be healthy. So I hope you're going to the gym, spending plenty of time exercising, and don't forget to get plenty of sleep. You know, you don't want to miss out on that. So make sure you're getting lots of sleep. And don't forget, you should also be growing intellectually all the time. I mean, why do you still have that stack of books next to your bed on that table? And maybe we could pick up a second or third language, do a little language study. And what, you're not up on current events, on world events all the time in every country? You need to know what's going on. And we need to be planning creative activities for our kids that get them away from the screen and are meaningful and build their minds and their character all at the same time. And also be sure that you are hand making your first graders birthday invitations because if you don't, wow, you mean you just bought a packaged one? Hmm, 
must not love your kid very much. And by the way, as you do this stuff, make sure you look good. I mean, above all, look good while you do all of it. Ready for a phone to just capture your picture at every second. You see, we have been told that this is what we should have. And because we're not that, we feel inadequate. We feel like if we just try a little bit harder, maybe we could get our acts together, because it seems like everybody else has their act together. I mean, they can post about it, and it looks wonderful. And so, why is it that I can never get my act together? And we go through life feeling like we're never enough. We're just never enough. And that is because we've been told that we can have it all. But here's the truth. You can have it all, but not all at the same time. You can't have it all at the same time. And until we get that through our heads and into our hearts, we will always feel like we are not enough, that we're not doing a good enough job, not trying hard enough. We will be insecure, and we will raise insecure daughters and sons. And the cycle just goes on and on and on. The truth is that those are all good things, I mean, those are all, it's, it's a wonderful thing to have a career and to, and to do all, make your kids' birthday invitations by hand, but you can't do everything at once. Some things are not going to be perfect. Some things are going to fall a little lower than others. And the Bible puts it this way. In Ecclesiastes 3.1, it says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. The reason that you have failed and doing it all is because you were never meant to do it all at the same time. You can't do it. That's not how we were designed. God designed us to go through seasons. And if we look outside, we can see that he designed all of nature to go through seasons. His creation is seasonal. And that's why when you look at a tree, in the summer there's green leaves and it's, they'll give shade. And it's a great place to sit. And then in the fall, they all turn colors. In the winter, the leaves come off and there's that stark beauty. And in summer, there are the buds and the new life. They're all great seasons, but they don't happen at the same time. And that is the same way that he has created us. Yeah, I think it's so important to make it practical. And Chris, you were amazing at celebrating the season that we were in. And you would really be my compass at times because I would start thinking about things in the future we needed to do, things that I hadn't done in the past that I regretted, and many times I would be home, but I, I was thinking about other things, and you would always bring me back and say, Carrie, you're missing it. I see that you're missing it right now. You know, we need to enjoy this moment because we won't have this again, and you always had that perception about you, so how do we practically do that? How do we practically celebrate the season we're in? The Bible tells us in Psalm 118, 24, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Such a small, simple verse, but such an amazing, powerful truth if we'll just get our heads around it. And that is, this is the day. Like This day, this season, the Lord has made this for me, for you. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's a choice. It's saying, I will rejoice. It's not saying, well, uh, I might feel happy. And there's feelings come and go, but you are joyful and grateful for the season you're in, even when your feet stick to that apple juice on the floor, even when you are sitting in car line forever. Through all the stages, you realize and recognize there is a deep joy in the season you're in, and you will not let the tough stuff distract you from the good stuff. You fill up on the good stuff. And one way to do that is to stop complaining and just embrace the season. Just stop complaining. It doesn't mean denying, but stop complaining. Recognize that social media is not real. It doesn't give a true picture. Just like when you look in your side mirror on a car and it says objects and mirror are closer than they appear, there should be a disclaimer on social media that says you know, that this, the person in this post is not fully as they appear. It just isn't, and that's because it's just a slice. You're just seeing a little snapshot of their life. You're not seeing the whole picture, but yet we compare ourselves to that person based on that little slice. And what I mean by that is you'll see that, oh wow, 
they have their, you know, I know they have kids, but their outfits put together, and, you know, their house looks really picked up in the background, and wow, and look, you look around at yourself, and there's toys everywhere, and it's crazy. But the truth is that, I mean, don't be fooled. That's the 20th picture they took of themselves to get just that right angle and the right lighting. And don't you know that, I mean, everything else in the house, you don't see that. You see only what's right behind them. And you don't know what their relationship with their husband is like. And you don't know if they, what's going on in their lives with their teenagers. You don't know how they're doing at their job. You don't really know. And that's because the most important things in life can't be posted. They can't be seen. There's no way to post that you actually had a real connection with your kid. You just really did connect with your spouse. There, you can't post that. You only can post things that can be seen, and because of that, there are things that are just transient. They're not, it's not the important stuff. The unseen stuff in life is always more important than the seen stuff, but that's all we see. And so I just encourage you to uh, be, just be aware of that. And I'm not bashing social media. I love connecting with other people. I love seeing, you know, show me a picture of your kids, show me whatever, but let's not compare ourselves based on what we see in other people's lives because it, because it is simply not true. So the first thing to simplify is make the simple choices constantly to celebrate the season you're in. And the second thing is so important, choose to tune in to their world. You can either tune in or you can tune out. You can be playing with your little one and have your cell phone right behind their head, and that's tuning out, or you can connect to them. You choose over and over when your kids are little to either tune in or to tune out. To tune out your computer, your laptop, your cell phone, the television, so you can tune in to their hearts and what's going on with them. And if you tune them out early on when they're teenagers, they will tune you out because it's tough enough during that stage. I think it's so important to look again at God's Word in John 1. John 1, 14, the first part of the verse is, the Word became flesh and took up residence among us. God didn't ask us to come into His world. He knew that we couldn't. And so He came into our world. Complex God put on simple human flesh and became one of us so that we could relate to Him. He got right into our mess so we could understand clearly his message of love for us. So Chris, how do we do that? How, you were so good at to tuning in to our kids and, and really gathering from them what they're all about. And you helped me practice tuning into their hearts so that we could really connect to them and get into their world instead of asking them to get into our world. And a simple way to do this is ask questions. Just ask questions, and good ones. And this is something that applies across the board. It doesn't matter if this is a child to a parent, parent to a child, husband to wife, your coworkers, your friends, your extended family. But if you really wanna get into the lives of the people you love, ask questions. We can learn from Jesus in this. I mean, think about it. God, the very God who created the universe, came to the world and gave his son and Jesus asked people questions. He says, you know, where are you going? What are you doing? Who do you think I am? Who do, what do you say about this? And by doing that, he, of course, he was God. He knew the answer, but he showed interest in their lives and he helped them to clarify what it was that they thought that they believed. So learn to ask good questions. A good question is not a yes or no question. If you just ask a yes or no question, that's all you're gonna get for an answer, and then you really don't know any more than you started with. If you just say, how was your day, and they say, all right, that's, that's where it'll end. So try to ask questions that begin with who, what, where, when, why, or how. Questions that are more open-ended, that actually open up a discussion, and then give them your full attention with your body language. As Carrie said, if you are Focus somewhere else, whether it's on your phone or you just have that glazed look that means I'm, you know, I'm listening but nobody's home. Uh, if, no matter what, if you aren't really locked into them and listening, they will know the difference. And then be okay with silence. It's okay to have a break in a conversation where nobody's talking. It usually feels a little bit awkward, but you need to learn to embrace that awkwardness. 
Feels weird, doesn't it? There's something that just makes us want to fill in that gap of sound. And that's what we do in conversation. We come across a little pause and step into it. So when you're, you're talking to your child, to your student, and they say, give an answer that's maybe a sentence long, and you jump right back in, you really haven't given them time to complete their thoughts. So let them do that, and then don't interrupt them. Interruptions mean that actually what I have to say, I think that's more important than what you're saying. And so let them finish their thought. Give them that grace to finish their thought and really listen to the answer. Really listen. Try to understand. I mean, engage your mind. Listen to the answer in such a way that you can actually ask follow-up questions. And if you start doing this, you will be amazed at the new depth your relationships can go to. I think the key is, is caring enough to get into their world because a lot of times parents want the kids to get into their world. You know, they take their kids to do fun things that they want to do or, you know, it's always the kid getting into the parent's world, but you got to get down into their world. And, and Chris, it really comes down to caring because I always saw when you ask our boys questions, it would never be, hey, how was your day today? Because if you did that, they'd go, fine. What happened? Nothing. You know, and so, but, but you would always ask these real interesting questions and you would draw it out of them and you know so much about guitars now and even though that may not be your favorite thing um, because a couple of our kids love guitars you started getting into them asking all kinds of questions finding out what the best of this and that and from pedals to amps to guitars and and all those kind of things whatever they're interested in you ask questions about it and you get to know them and you draw off their heart and then you have fun in the way that they like to have fun. You get into their world. And it's small things, simple things. So ask questions and have fun in the little things. It may be telling silly bedtime stories. We used to do that every night, a little silly bedtime story. Um, it's it just simple little things to have fun with them that they'll always remember. Like last Saturday, our four-year-old grandson, Benjamin, was having a big birthday party, and because it was so windy on Saturday, the bounce house was canceled, so that was the big fun thing they were going to do, so it was an emergency, and I said, well, I'll do something, you know, and anything, you know, and so um, we had some whipped cream and some pie tins. We filled it up, and we played the game, hit Pastor Carrie in the face with a pie, and win a candy bar, and so that was, instead of the bounce house, that, that was it, you know, and here's just a little video from it. Yeah, the sad thing was uh, my adult kids started lining up with two pies. You know, it's like all the bitterness that had built up over the years was about to come out upon me. But it's just getting into their world and, they, you know, they won't forget that, you know, and there's so many times we're waiting for the big thing when it's the little thing, having fun in the, the little moments that really connect with them. Um, Chris has a, a big one that makes a big difference here. Yeah, here's a real shocker. Family dinner. It's a radical idea called getting your family around the table at dinner time. And it's become really hard to do. Everybody has different schedules, they're doing different things, but you will be amazed what the simple act of having dinner together, turning off the TV, not having your phones right there on the table with you, putting them somewhere else, and actually talking to each other, actually looking at each other. And if that isn't possible to do every night of the week, Try just one night a week. Start somewhere. Wherever you're at, try something. Moving in this direction, uh, we, uh, we totally understand how it's not, there are things come up and you think, well, you don't know the schedules, the stuff that goes on. Well, if you really want to do the important things in life, you know, see if you can move on one night. Try to get everybody around the table and you'll see it's a big difference. I want us now to look at the third thing. So we celebrate the season we're in. You have to choose that moment by moment and then you choose 20 times a day, 30 times a day to tune in or to tune out of their world. Choose to tune in. The third thing is choose to be consistent with loving boundaries. Choose to be consistent with your boundaries. Inconsistent parents produce insecure children. And kids will always push against the boundaries that you make to see if they're there. And when they discover those boundaries can't be moved, it makes them feel secure. Now, parents of teenagers, your teenager's not gonna tell you, Thank you so much. I've been pushing against your boundaries. And since you haven't given in, 
it feels really good and I feel so secure, thank you. No, they're gonna tell you a lot of stuff that we can't repeat here in church. They're not gonna like it. You know, sometimes parents come up to me and go, yeah, I tried to set boundaries, but, but they don't like it. It's like, duh, you know what I mean? That's the whole point, you know? And they really do feel more secure, though, when you're consistent, consistent, consistent. Again, John 1, 14, the second part of verse 14 says, we observed his glory. The glory is the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Underline that phrase, full of grace and truth, because usually in discipline and boundaries, we're full of anger or we're full of just disconnecting and too much trouble. We're full of pride, we're full of selfishness, but we need to be full of grace and truth. And those two things, grace and truth, tell us how to be consistent with boundaries. First is grace. That means we have to be genuine, we have to be real, we have to admit our mistakes as parents because we're not perfect parents. And especially when they get to be teenagers, it's real important to tell them, hey, I'm sorry, I blew it here. You know, and I, I need you to forgive me. You know, when you admit your struggles to them when they're teenagers, it connects them to you because they don't think, well, you've got it made and you never have problems and struggles, but I do. So something's wrong with me because I have struggles. It's so important now when they're little ones, you wanna protect them from stresses and all that, but as they get older, you wanna connect with them by admitting and being real about your own struggles and weaknesses because they know them anyway. And so it's, it's so important. They will respect you if you're genuine. And then there's truth. So we wanna speak with grace and truth. And speaking truth means that you are their parent, not their friend. Be their parent, not their friend. Your child does not need another friend in their life because they can find friends in a lot of places. But there's only one place that they can find a parent, and that is at home. And they need parents. God designed it this way. He designed us to need a, a parent to help us along the way to grow. And so a parent, what that looks like is you choose to show love instead of being liked. Choose it over being liked. If they like you, great. But if the thing is that you love them and you will love them and speak truth even if they don't like you because of what you say. And I have seen over and over and over and over well-meaning parents who really love their kids, who really have trouble in this area because they want so much for their kid to like them. And it feels so bad to not be accepted or pleased by their kids that they're willing to do whatever it takes to get in their good graces. And so they end up compromising on a lot of things that really don't end up showing love. And so I just encourage you parents, you know, there will be days, lots of them, where your kid won't like you and that is okay. Because to be honest, there are days that I have not liked God. There have been a lot, of, there have been days where uh, what has gone on in my life, I just, I, you know, I'm raging against God. He already knows my feelings, and so I can share them with him freely. And I said, God, I don't understand this. This hurts. This is wrong. I just, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. But God doesn't just change everything right away because he loves me too much. He's bigger than that. He's bigger than my tantrums. He's bigger than my fears. He's bigger than my hurts. He knows best. And because you have walked down the path of life longer and have much more life experiences, you are in a better position to help your child who still lives under your roof make those decisions. And so I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to speak truth into their life. And I've known a lot of parents who feel like they were being a hypocrite if they were to tell their child or their teenager that they can't do something because they did it themselves, actually. And so they feel like they've lost all credibility um, for doing that, that they'd be hypocritical if they told them not to do it. And that is crazy. That is crazy talk. I'm, I'm, I'm just step back for a minute and think about what that means. I mean, you're saying, you know, if, if you have made mistakes in life, and all of us have, if you have made some poor choices and learned from them and can now see, whoa, that was stupid, and all of us have those, 
experiences that we can look back on, then you're the best qualified person to tell your child that. You're the best qualified to say, you know what? This is a bad road to take. I mean, because you've done it yourself, you have firsthand experience, that gives you all the authority in the world to say, you know what? I've heard these things are bad, but I can tell you for certain this one is because I did it. That's speaking truth. That's saying, you know what? It's not, it's not pushing aside and not admitting it, saying, I did this. It was a poor choice. This is why, and I love you. And because I love you so much, and because I know how much pain this road causes, I will do everything in my power to keep you from going down that road and experiencing the same pain I did. So parents, I just encourage you to step into that authority God has given you, the experiences. You know, the experiences we have, we are to learn from them, but the learning isn't just for us. It's also for generations uh, beyond us. And so I encourage you, wring out every drop of um, learning, of goodness, out of the bad stuff that's taken place in your life. I know, Chris, you always used to pray, uh, God, if our kids are getting in trouble, let them get caught. And our kids hated that, you know, because they'd be like, I got a speeding ticket. I was only going two miles an hour over the, the limit, and because my prayers are being answered. It's awesome. I mean, I think, you know, it is true. Those consequences, though, help build their character in a powerful way. In Ephesians 6, 4, it says, Fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. Now, exasperate just means to frustrate them by being unpleasable. Don't be unpleasable. He's saying take them by the hand and show them how to live by the way you act. Model that behavior for them because kids follow in the footsteps that we thought we'd covered up. They don't do what you say. They do what you do. And in Carrie's right, it is important to model that for them. And yes, we absolutely prayed for our children, and I did pray, Lord, please let them be caught when they're guilty. Not because I think, ha ha, I can't wait for them to, you know, to see the vengeance that comes out, you know, what bad comes to them. No, it's because I love them. And yes, absolutely, before they get in an, a road accident, before they cause great injury to themselves and others, Absolutely, I'm thankful that someone, that an officer stepped in and stopped them. And we will not rescue them from the consequences of that. It's also very easy to want to rescue your kids from everything. And if we let them experience some consequences when they're younger, then they may not have to go down the same road again. I found in my life that when I don't learn a lesson, it's kind of take another lap around Mount Sinai and you end up somehow that same thing that I never learned shows up again in a different area of life until I learn it. And so learning responsibility, learning um, authority, learning about all those things involves that moment by moment. So pray for your kids and let them know you're praying for them. Model that. If you've always wanted to be a model, good news. If you're a parent, you are. You are a model. You are a model for them. We just, it's just that we often model the wrong things or idealize the wrong models. A model is not someone that you see in a magazine spread. A we are to model what Christ-likeness looks like. The Bible tells us to imitate Christ. We are supposed to look like Christ in our actions and in our words. That is a really tough, the toughest assignment in life in a family. Because the people at work, you can manage that somewhat because you can let everything out when you get home. School, same way. But people in your family know who you really are. They know what you're really like. And so just ask yourself, do the people who, want, who know you the best want to imitate you the most or the least? Are, what are you modeling? If you've always wanted to be an influencer, you are. If you're a parent, you are an influencer. And you have this incredible opportunity to influence the family is God's design. He thought this up, I didn't. He thought up families as being the place that we would learn to be more like him. Because unless you're in close contact with someone, there's never a need to ask for forgiveness. You know, you can't offend someone if you're never really with them or if you're always fake with them. It's only in all the real ways that we actually learn to look like Christ, that all the places in our lives that don't look like Christ get chipped away and we have to deal with them. And our families are so important in the family of the body of Christ. God talks about the church as his family. And if you are a single parent, we want you to know this church is your family. We are your family. We stand alongside you. We're family together. 
Christ is our model together, and together we want to look like him. Yeah, it really is just an amazing school for learning. Sometimes it's a school of hard knocks. Um, I didn't realize how irritating I was until we had kids that were like me. And then I began to understand it, you know? It's in the family that you learn, you know, to make tough changes. And God uses family to chip away the rough edges of your character. But then it brings us to the fourth thing. Choose to put God at the center of your family because you will choose to put something at the center of your family. It may be your kid's sports. It may be your own career. But at any moment, at any time, you have something at the center of your family. And only God is a strong enough center to hold your family together when everything's trying to tear it apart. In John 1, 4, it says, Eternal life is in him, and this life gives light to all mankind. His life is the light that shines through the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. When Christ is at the center of your family, he brings light into your family and warmth. And even during the darkest days, and there will be dark days in your family and difficult times, there will be tough stuff in our world, but even in those times, that light will still shine and it overcomes the darkness. Well, let me give you some practical ways that you can put Christ first at the center of your family. First, make church a priority. This is really important because kids know what's important to you, not by what you tell them. You can say, hey, God's first in our life. Faith is so important. But if church is not a priority, then they know better. It's how you spend your time and your money that shows your kids what's important to you and what your family values. It's those two things, your time and your money. You know, everything else is just words. It doesn't really matter. It's your time and your money. And so the practical ways, and so if you're not a member of a church family, you ought to connect and join a church family. That's part of God's will for your life. And if you haven't joined a church, we'd love for you to join right here. I mean, right after this service, we have our membership class. And connecting to a church family shows your family that you need others and that the body of Christ is important. You make it a priority. We join all these other things that don't really matter but you need to be a member of a church family. It's like when the fire is blazing with all these hot coals, but you take one coal and you remove it from the fire, that, that coal will go out because it needs the others to stay warm and bright. And you need others, and you need to show your family that you need a church family and connect. And I teach the class. We have over 500 people signed up for the membership class today at our three campuses. If you're at Woodland Church Atascacita or Woodland Church North Point, right after this service, we got our membership class. And it'll be beamed over to you guys. And there'll be all the pastors there at the campuses right here. It'll be right from this stage. I'll be teaching. It's from one to three. We feed you so you don't have to fight the traffic out. We have childcare. And over 500 people have already signed up. And if you haven't signed up, just come on anyway. We'll have extra but just do that little baby step. I mean, all those things are important to show your family that God is at the center of your family. And if you're a parent, then put a priority on that spiritual relationship, on making sure your kids get to grow in their relationship with Christ. There's so many things that battle for our attention. You're always driving to school, driving to lessons, spending your resources on all the things involved with sports or band or whatever it is they're involved in, always trying to somehow get an advantage for your kids later in life. But yet the truth is that we know that those things from experience don't really bring joy. The one thing that we can give our kids that no one can ever take away is their relationship with Christ and time and space and a place to grow in that relationship, to really be grounded in who they are in Christ. Because I guarantee you that if they don't know that and they look to everyone else as a mirror for what they should be like, they're in trouble. And many of us in parents in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s and beyond are still analyzing and really thinking about the kind of parents that we had what did they do? You know, how have I been wronged? But let me tell you something. If you are a parent, the kind of parents you had is not as important as the kind of parents your kids have now. And we need to get our focus on taking responsibility for that and saying, okay, if this is the most important, if we say the most important thing is 
their spiritual life is growing in relationship with Christ, is being grounded, is knowing for themselves who to turn to when they're in trouble, what's right and wrong, making good decisions, then we need to put a priority on that, put a priority on them being in church and being a part of a student group, getting involved. I'll tell you, Carrie and I could not have raised our kids without the student ministry because a day comes when your student needs to hear truth from someone besides you. They need to hear it from other sources in other directions with different words in other ways. And the student ministry at Woodlands Church is what happened for us, is what the way that that was fed into our kids. Because they, our kids aren't perfect and the student ministry is full of kids because no, there are no perfect kids. It's, it's not that you're, oh, come to church and you'll be a part of a group of perfect students who are all singing hymns. No, this is real life. This is student pastors saying, here's what God's word says in a very relevant and practical way for their lives. And the same thing happens in our children's ministry and in preschool, but our kids need more sources of wisdom and truth, as many as possible. And with all the stuff that comes into their lives from every other direction, the one thing we can do right is to give them that opportunity. And so I encourage you to get your student involved. If you know of a student you're unrelated to, help them get plugged in, help them get involved. And there is a fantastic way to do that. Next weekend is Reality Weekend for our student ministry. Many of you have heard that phrase before but have no idea what it is. What it is is that for 48 hours, once a year, we have a weekend where students get together, over a thousand students get together and are unplugged. And they spend time laughing and singing and hearing truth and sharing in small groups and getting real about life and what's going on and hearing from God's word. It's next weekend. And there's something amazing that happens when you get students undivided attention for 48 hours. It's phenomenal. Did you know that over 60%, that's six zero, over 60% of students who are in junior high or high school and go to Reality Weekend for the first time choose to give their lives to Christ and change the trajectory of their lives? Everything changes for their rest of their life and generations behind them. That's how important it is. That's what's at stake. And so a lot of students say, well, oh, but I have, a, a, I have a lessons this weekend. There's a game. You know what? I can't think of anything that you'll look back on in a year or five years or 10 years or 50 years that was more important in your student's life than having that exposure to a God that is real in their lives today and other kids who are headed the same direction. Just watch. If you refuse with us to be a part, we don't wanna be on the sidelines. If you don't wanna be a part of the generation or the people who stay on the sidelines and say, oh, you know, the kids these days, they're horrible. You know, they're making really bad choices. You know, everything is going south in this world. Don't just complain, be a part of the answer. If you, if you don't have any kids at all, if you have a preschooler or a grade schooler or a student, or maybe you don't have any kids at home but you used to in the past, it really doesn't matter. The point is, it's our collective responsibility to raise up the next generation. And so be invested in it, be a part. And so you can stop and be a part of helping send a kid to Reality Weekend. And then you'll know that you're a part of it and pray for them. No matter what, you can pray for Reality Weekend. Lives will be changed. And so let's, let's pray for each other. That's what families do. It's just what families do. We pray for each other. Carrie and I are praying for you. We're praying that you will see God in your life, that he will surprise you every day in little ways that only you get with how much he loves you. We're praying that you will celebrate the season you're in, that you won't feel like you're less than or not enough because the truth is you are more than enough with Christ in you for whatever season you're in and whatever you're facing. God loves you so much. Let's let our students know that too. I encourage you to take this out of your program and, and sign up to pray. Um, everybody can pray for these kids. They're gonna be meeting at the Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion 
to have their worship services, and then they're going to be over here next Sunday in our services at 9.30 and 11.30. It's going to be an amazing weekend. Um, I want us to look at our last verse, Joshua 24.15. Joshua and his family stood before the people of Israel and said this, choose today whom you will serve, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Joshua said, you choose who you're gonna put at the center of your family because everybody chooses something. And as for me and my family, we choose to put God at the center of our family. And that's the big decision. And once you make that big decision, all the other decisions start falling into place. You start making those simple choices every day that make a powerful difference. Let's bow together. Dear God, I come before you today and we pray for all those whose families are hurting today. We pray for all the, those who've, Lord, just gone through a, a fracture in their family, that you'd bring comfort and strength. Lord, we pray that you would turn the hearts of fathers and mothers back to the hearts of their kids and the hearts of children to the hearts of the parents. And we just pray, Lord, for miracles today in relationships. We pray for all the single adults that you just show them, Lord, that they are part of a bigger family, Lord, the family of God, and we pray for all those, Lord, who need to connect and join Woodland Church today, that they would just take that baby step and do that. We pray for all those students, Lord, that need to be at Reality Weekend, every one of them that needs to be there, Lord, that would be there, that would make that commitment, and we just pray, Lord, that all those who've never received you would receive you right now, and they would just say, Jesus Christ, come into my life, be the center of my life, forgive me of all my sins, and take me to heaven one day. I want to follow you from now on. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, now we're at the point of our service where we give back to God some of what he's given us, and we give because we love him. And I just want to say, as you give, pray for God to give back to you even more because he promises you that. And then pray for the ministries and missions of Woodland Church that are so important. Lord, bless our giving. And I pray, Lord, that you would just give us a grateful heart to celebrate today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.